0: And I'm Celia. And together, along with the rest of France,
1: we are indefinitely indoors.
0: This is a diary-style recording of our lives in isolation, covering the highs, the lows, and questioning all of the unknowns.
1: This is two girls, one virus, and a government-imposed lockdown.
0: Thanks for listening. Oh, and if you haven't done so already...
1: Before we get started, just a little bit about ourselves. Are we happy with that? Do you think that's good? Yeah. Cool. I'm Celia, speaking from the confines of a two-bedroom apartment in Paris. I'm spending my time indoors in a 65-metre-squared space with my large, husband, my small yet busy one-year-old, and my rambunctious but lovable French bulldog.
0: And I'm Maddie, and I'm in Bordeaux, in the beautiful south of France, with my husband Scott and our toddler Aubrey. We're enduring lockdown in France, we're doing our best, but sometimes that's a little bit difficult with a very energetic two-year-old. Welcome to jean
1: vatne 4 stay. 29 usually we begin by well, obviously we're back again it's been some time between podcasts but we probably just needed to be on our own be still as we waited for the big build-up I think we may as well just begin by addressing President Emmanuel Macron's address to the nation Monday evening, it's actually Wednesday now, but on Monday evening, it was one of the most anticipated speeches of my life, and um, he spoke at 8pm behind his beautiful desk with flags in the background, and he let us know that we would be locked down, quarantine been sorry, not quarantine, confinement would be extended until May 11, which I think we'll all be shocked to realize Maddie was right. (laughs) Um, I just shouldn't speak and theorize any longer. I couldn't believe it that he, I just thought it would be implausible that he would say, you're in confined for two weeks, then extend us for two weeks, and then extend us for four weeks. But the man did it. He had his reason And I guess we find ourselves on the cusp of 30 days indoors. But um, looking down the road of four more weeks, how are you feeling? What were your thoughts um, watching on Monday night and processing it? I don't know. I think there was a lot of messages going back and forth between you and I and various other girls in France too. And for us, I think we all sort of just began spiraling. <laughs> um, that's the only way I can put it. There was talk about flights home back to New Zealand and Australia, where we're from. There were talks about why, 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 how can I continue? What will become of me and the children? <laughs> so tell me how, how. Tell me how you were feeling after the after the big announcement.
0: Well, we definitely crashed like straight away after that um, we were looking up flights considering a 50 hour transit four and a half thousand euro flights one way home to Australia. (laughs) Um, It was 30 minutes long the speech which was quite a long time and I thought it was great. First of all he gripped me because he apologized and he said we haven't got it right. We've actually got a lot of things wrong. And from that point I was kind of like, okay, now I'm listening because I've been feeling a little bit, I guess, angry about certain things and the state and, you know, the situation we find ourselves in. And I just, it was so refreshing to see a world leader actually say we got it wrong. And that just does not happen.
1: Can I, um, sorry,
0: can I interrupt you as well? Mm. Very valid point. But
1: back up even further. First, first initial thoughts before he'd opened his mouth. <laughs> How bronzed was the man looking?
0: He's been doing confinement tanning for sure. I don't think this is a guy that's been locked indoors on Zoom meetings. <laughs> he's been so taking them outside.
1: Well, I know he's been out and about and he was just down on um down the south of France, near saint tropez and Provence, speaking to scientists working on vaccines. But I've just got to say that he looks like he's had some nice time in the sun. He was looking very bronzed, very healthy. I don't know if he was deliberately to combat Boris.
0: He was looking great. That might have been a part of his strategy.
1: Who knows? He was healthy healthy leader anyway sorry back to you and your actual um uh insights on what he said
0: (laughs) um so yes i i was impressed that he had apologized the other good thing about the speech was the fact that may 11 while yes it's four weeks away and we all just died a little bit inside when we heard that date even though I said I wanted it, I, in reality, I do not want that. And I, I mean, I've come to terms with it now, but I, I literally like almost cried because it's just, it's such a long time. It's what we've just done. All the same rules stay in place. We're still very much policed. You still have to write your note when you go out, you can only go out for certain things for only an hour they're not relaxing the rules at all for another month. So that was hard. But at least he said if all things go well, which surely they have to, when we get to May 11, we are going to start relaxing some of, well, he didn't actually say he was going to relax some of the rules, but some businesses are going to be able to go back. Um, And he spoke a lot about things in the future, which was really nice to hear because I think it's just been so – Up in the air and just things like we will let people go to stadiums to watch um sport provided everything goes fine um by mid-july so it was those those little things that were really really good and i don't think he could have come out and said you're in for another four weeks without giving us that stuff so i think he did really really well i was super impressed i thought it was a great speech
1: I definitely thought, I agree with you, I thought he was leaving a trail of mini chocolate Easter eggs. It was Easter mon- Monday. He was just dishing them out to us. He was saying, you good boys and girls, you just have to wait. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing and you just have to wait till May 11. Um, and there have been a couple of things as well that have come out that the, in line with what you're the Tour de France is being postponed, but it is going to go ahead end of august now um and also they're thinking of postponing or they are postponing the french open but it may be played in in fall autumn sorry so i guess to what you're saying it just feels really good because at the moment life's just on pause and it's really nice to think of these events and have to have this date looming we're he was sort of saying to us like, yeah, you are going to get some sort of your life back. And it was just really nice to hear. Although for me now, there are no other days or dates in my mind except May eleven.
0: It's the only date. I know. And it has, like, it just has to be better by that stage. But I, like, it's still quite vague because he said some schools, well, he said he wants children to be back in school. Um, because he's really worried about um, like, um, increasing the gap between children from poorer backgrounds who haven't got access to online learning. Um, and, but then he said that there would be no in-classroom learning until September, so apparently it's going to be rolled out in certain areas, that certain schools and creches and things will be back open. That's obviously of interest to me. And it's really interesting, he said specifically, cafe, bars and restaurants will not open in May 11, which is a little bit sad. But um, it just is such an interesting, I, I guess they're not really planning on opening that many schools in May. Because you would think if they were going to open schools, then they'd be happy for, although like French restaurants and cafes, you sit so close together. So I kind of get it, but um, it will be interesting to see how long the gradual reopening of France takes. But I, because he said mid-July for um, a, like arena events, I'm kind of see over, you know, May and June that it might At least there's that date of July as well to kind of it's a carrot being dangled, really, because even though May 11, we're supposed to be getting a little bit more out of lockdown. um, I mean, I guess for you guys in Paris, who knows what that will mean for you. But Scott thinks that he won't be going back to training on May 11 because we'll still have social distancing rules in place. And I think the
1: whole opening the school, the whole opening the school, um, the importance placed on that also got to do with getting people back into work and the pressure of working from home while your children are at home. So I think there's more of that pressure And that's why the emphasis isn't on the hotels, bars and cafes and restaurants, which I know that industry is really unhappy about that, but they want the children back at school and they want people to be going back to work or working from home more effectively. And I've already said, um, sorry, I've already read that um, different industry leaders are saying that they don't expect people to have many public holidays coming up or any sort of annual leave because Everybody's going to have to be working longer and harder uh, to help boost the economy.
0: I'm ready to shop when they open the stores. Yeah, ready to do our part, hey? (laughs) Yeah, I I need (laughs) to buy some summer clothes. Yeah. But yes, it Um, was good. It was it. I think all in all, it was definitely. I mean, obviously, we did have we did spiral to begin with but I think we calmed down probably after about an hour and just thought okay it's just another four weeks to wait and then once we get there we will know more and there's meetings that happening this week with um, in regards to the rugby season as well so once we have an idea of what's happening there as well I think that will help too because we will have more to work towards um Mm. rather than just kind of being like will there ever be rugby again in France it's weird too I've
1: found that um just when you live away from home and you live through a big event there's just that gut reaction to pack up and leave, not even pack up, just to leave and to get home. And I think a lot of people living overseas, although this is a worldwide problem, maybe for those people that are living in countries that are harder hit or who just wanna be back on home soil because I know even if we went home, we couldn't see our families for a couple of weeks because we would have to quarantine. I was living in Melbourne when there was a big earthquake in Christchurch. And then I was living in Paris when we had the big terrorist attacks here. And, and this is the same feeling that I've had. It just, just comes up again. And it's just that need and that desire to go home and be home. But um, I'm like you, I woke up the next morning. And I thought, no, our whole lives are here. It's going to be okay. I just had to, that one night, I just had to process that and spiral a little bit.
0: Yeah, wasn't good for that two hours or whatever. Afterwards, <laughs> I'm really glad we didn't book a flight. It's quite expensive.
1: <laughs> the 50-hour layover
0: could have been over yeah, 20 hours in Doha <laughs> Mayday approaching slowly. Is that Mayday or is Mayday May 10?
1: Yeah, it's not May Day, I don't think. Okay. It would be great if it was. He
0: should have thought about that. Yeah, missed an opportunity there.
1: Yeah, um, but we can still use just um, the it's going to be May.
0: <laughs>
1: and- <laughs> so don't expect some of those to be firing your way.
0: Oh, my dad texted me a week or so ago and he's like, how do I get access to the memes that you talk about in your podcast? <laughs>
1: any wins or worries you have had over the past few days
0: well oh sorry one of each please okay um well big worry has been has had a temperature i just we were both just like couldn't believe it how on earth has this child got sick we've been inside for a month Mm -hmm. um so that's been a bit of a worry because it's one of those ones where he doesn't have other signs like when it's a cold when there's you know nose and coughing maybe not so much coughing at the moment but normally you would just be like oh it's a it's a cold or a flu or something um but when it's no other symptoms it's a little bit more scary so that's been our major worry, but we had, we ended up having to take him to the doctor today because it got quite high yesterday. And he has a sore throat, which then forced me to admit that the sore throat I thought I had from the dry air and talking too much a couple of weeks ago must have been some sort of virus as well. But I've given to the poor little thing, but he is a bit better today, which is good. Um, so that is the win and the worry, I guess, was like stressful going to the doctor today. I just really did not want to go and just touch any doorknobs and anything, breathe in any air from the doctor's surgery, but his doctor's so lovely and she was very chirpy and happy and was nice to see her. Actually something really interesting. She told me because Orbs is slightly overdue for some of his vaccinations. And I said, I don't know whether to take him and get them or not. And she said, oh, no, you must. And she said, we've actually had a lot, a lot of emergencies in the beginning of lockdown because people were reluctant to go and see their doctor. She said, you know, someone might get a pain and they think, oh, I'll just leave it and see if it goes away. And then she said, all of a sudden, boom, it bursts. She's pointing to her appendix and she said they have had a lot of emergencies because of that particular situation she's like so you must see your doctor if you're sick during this time
1: that's so interesting they were speaking about that on um the other night on the news about hospitals here in paris too because they're people are worrying about overburdening the system or picking up covid for coming in for something that's still pretty serious but for another condition. And the doctors were saying that they're really concerned because they're not seeing the same number of patients for other ailments as they usually would.
0: Yeah. And so apparently it's creating more emergency situations because people aren't going earlier. And I did actually see a guy talking the other night. He was some crazy professor. Um, And he said he actually, he doesn't agree with lockdown for, many reasons, but he said, if you do get sick with COVID, make sure you call your doctor or if, you know, the symptoms last for this long, he's like, you must see your doctor because you need to get treatment early and people are going in when it's too late because they're worried about that. And they're worried about, Oh, do I even have COVID? May I get sick if I go to the hospital and there's a bunch of COVID people around. So that was really interesting to hear because doctors haven't really been saying you know, they say what the symptoms are, but they don't really tell you at what point you should call or go to. They just say when you feel like you can't breathe, which to me sounds like it's pretty dire and end stage of a virus. If you get to a point when you can't breathe. Um, He was a
1: crackpot, this guy, actually. Well, that actually made me feel really, good too because i've gone into ref's health book and i know that his vaccinations are coming up and i've been worried too about um going to do his vaccinations and overburdening our doctor our pediatrician but i think i've since found out that they have made um allocated special times in the morning if you're just coming in to get vaccine so i'll make a time
0: that i can go and do that that's right if you've got um a fever you have to put it into the into dr lib and um they make you come in the afternoon which sucks for us because aubrey has had a fever so we had to but there was she had one patient walk out and there was no one else in the waiting room so i feel and they're so clean there it's probably cleaner than anywhere else
1: and i've got to be honest i'm quite looking forward to doing to having an appointment so I had a good win (laughs) this is the lame (laughs) I can't even call it a good win I had a lockdown victory first of all I wore jeans I left the house wearing jeans which is a win in itself because I've not been wearing denim at all, Um, admittedly these were mum jeans, so they were the sort of high weighted baggy jeans, I cannot put tight jeans near me, but anyway, I had those on, but as we were leaving the house, I looked down and I noticed there were sort of some white marks on the front of my jeans, which I quickly deducted was toothpaste, and I thought to myself, should I go change them or wash them, no one's really going to see me, and also I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror they looked kind of like paint spots so Hugh also was leaving with me and I said to him what do you think I've got toothpaste on my pants we need to change my pants what do you think and he said no they actually kind of look cool it looks like you've got paint marks on your on your pants so anyone that was walking past me was going to think that I was this cool, creative type, maybe he was painting with her child or working on some sort of masterpiece. <laughs> and it was toothpaste. Huge so win. That's a, lot, that's a lockdown life hack for you, as well as a win for me. Oh, thank you. My worry, similar to yours, was sickness-related. The day after Macron locked us in our house for another month, I probably admittedly was still spiraling spiraling, and I decided to take to my bathroom with a container of bleach and I used this very liberally. I bleached the heck out of my um, bathroom, but I bleached so hard that I think I damaged my nasal cavities and lost my sense of smell. I could only smell bleach and not much else. So I did know that it was maybe the bathroom, but the whole loss, losing sense of smell, I did start Mm to check because I woke up the day after still with no sense of smell. Luckily though, with a strong sense of bleach.
0: And I almost texted you yesterday saying, do you ever just feel like you can't breathe properly? it's like you just look for symptoms everywhere but do you have that bleach is it in like is it something like bam or something like that it's got like purple and black on the front it's yeah It's Javel
1: Javel is the bleach and I think it's sort of public swimming pool grade bleach that I've got my hands on here
0: yeah, because I have the same and I clean, I put it, I spray it on and I come back five minutes later and I clean it as fast as I can. And I just for probably like the rest of the day, I have bleach stuck in my nose and nothing else.
1: This this is one of the joys of living in a foreign country. You just have to roll with what they do. But yeah, I've also, do use use um, vinegar? Yes. Yeah. For all the lime scale build up yes. to supply here. And our house just smells like a fish and chip shop or a salt and vinegar chip kettle chip factory at all times.
0: Yes, Scott sprays way too much when he cleans the kitchen. I <laughs> like it now though. I'm into it. I love salt I love salt and vinegar chips. I love vinegar on my hot chips. Me
1: too. I know. I'm quite sad that I just did chips twice. It's one of my buzzwords that I try to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this is sort of a new segment that I wanted to bring in. Cool. And it's called Lockdown Neighbourhood Watch Edition. Now, I spoke to you last time about my drone incident on the balcony, which was, mm-hmm. this is more of a lighthearted update. We have a little park it's called a square or a plus, but it's definitely called a square, this one. And so the, all the apartment buildings enclose it and there's a patch of grass fenced with um, a little playground, obviously all closed, but you can just walk around the little square. I'm sure you've seen one before, very similar, London, New York, whatever. But why I'm telling you this is because it's quite closed off to big public roads. Um, and that's where we go to walk cammy to do little loops if he needs to use the bathroom and stretch his legs. So it was 6 p.m. Raf was just, I think he was just bored. So I thought I'll put him in the pram, took Cam and him, and I stumbled across dad's hour. There were about nine men with children standing around the square. Some were social distancing, some weren't. All looking at their fine. The children were absolutely, I don't want to use the word feral, but they were just out of control, screaming, lurching around, playing with each other. The dads just looked dead. They looked like zombies, just all standing there. You can imagine them, the women or maybe men, just pushed them out of the house and said, You need to at 6 p.m. get their hair out of my hair. <laughs> um, But I just stumbled across this meeting of the dads. It was like when you come across all cats standing together. It was Mm that weird feeling. Nobody but dads. And they were all just standing there looking so glum.
0: Do you think it started with like one dad and then the next day there was maybe three and now it's just exploded?
1: And I think they all sort of give each other the eyebrow. They try and act as though they don't want their children to play together. But then they're just like, you know what, kids? go for it and none of them are going to call each other out on
0: it dad's is so loose like that this is like we've got a soccer ball that we take to the little grass area which we haven't been to since last week but i take an extra plastic bag in my um, bag that i take to the supermarket and And when the ball's finish playing with, I put the ball into the plastic bag and hand sanitize everybody and we leave the park. The other day, Aubrey and Scott just went together and I came home. Well, I was at home. They came home and I noticed the bag on our table, the extra plastic bag in the bag and the soccer ball just also in the bag outside of the plastic bag. And I was like, Scott, I put all these things in place (laughs) so that we're keeping clean, we're keeping virus-free, and that stuff just doesn't register at all. Scott, I have systems. I know, and now I, I have to wash the supermarket bag. I was like, how bread goes in there?
1: I tried to suggest to Hugh. I said, oh, I saw about nine dads standing around with your kids. Because <laughs> I judge them. I wouldn't mind having a 6pm hour off.
0: It sounds like Hugh's seen, though. That's total. We had to walk to the doctor today. Both Scott and I are sneezing. Scott sneezes so loudly, and he did this huge sneeze today. And there was this poor woman across the street with three kids, and she kind of like saw that and like got behind them and like scuttled them away quickly from us. Had to
1: shield herself from the big sneezing Australian giant
0: yes and I was like can you not like do you have to s- sneeze with such emphasis at this time like just sneeze quietly
1: um I'm quite bad at that actually to forgetting that I need to be more discreet with my sneezing it's hard. Though, like I gave birth a year ago so I'm already like quite conscious of making sure I sneeze not try to hold anything in so that my body's sneezing <laughs> properly and um, it's just a lot to add COVID on top
0: of it. And the pollen is out in force. Yes. It smells amazing outside, but it is like I was sneezing too today.
1: Today I had a run-in with the police, another run-in with them. Oh, it's nice. just so, if you're someone that, you know, luckily or fortunately hasn't had to deal m- much with the police, it's really an intimidating experience. Um, so this time I was taking Hammond Bear and rest for my one hour outside time today and um, we were walking in the Chocodero Gardens area but a car can still drive in and I actually saw a woman quite far ahead of me and she had two children, maybe about two and five and the little girl was running around and she had the two-year-old out sort of toddling around too. There was nobody around her, honestly. It was just, as far as the eye can see, concrete grass, not a soul in sight. We were walking uh, sort of toward her, but very far away from her too. And then I could just hear behind me a car and it was just a police van pulling up and they were just driving up really slowly, so creeping so slowly behind you. And um, I got sort of close to the woman and I saw her, That's a thing too, because as soon as I realised, I just started panicking. You just feel as though you're guilty. And I saw the woman sort of clock the police car too. And she quickly was really flustered, putting her toddler, who obviously did not want to comply, and his limp noodle, cooked noodle body into the pram. And then her other daughter, she sort of grabbed her by the hand and said, you know, we have to go now because look, it's the police, it's the police. And it just made me feel really upset and i think it just reinforced this bizarre time we were living in and i had been really keen not to play with them but i was really keen to actually let raf have a little walk around there because he really enjoys being outside and looking at things now but he can't i'm allowed to walk with him but i'm not allowed to get him out of his they've got a real issue with you letting your children go wild obviously so i couldn't let him out of his um pran but um I just walked, gave her a really wide berth and I walked one way, she walked the other, but then the policeman sort of kept following behind me. I don't know if he spoke to her, but pulled her next to me and asked to see my form and asked where I lived. And it just, my legs sort of went to jelly. It's just a really horrible feeling. And then immediately I just, you just go home and you just feel sad. And it's, it's just not a great way to spend your Wednesday.
0: no. And that just reminds me, just on a different note, but in um, Macron's speech, one part that did make me laugh, and I don't think he was meaning to be funny, but he said that he was sort of talking about French people and he said, you know, other countries see us as an unruly people and look Mm -hmm. at how well we've stayed confined, which I just thought was hilarious because it is pretty impressive, I think, the way... The French have complied with the lockdown so far, but I don't know how long that's going to last. I already see things are getting loose out on the streets already.
1: I think the police have been pretty heavy-handed here. Nothing like yeah, your wallet to um, <laughs> make you stay inside as well in times like these.
0: Um, and the undercover police, that just they've got their little areas that they stake out, they sit in certain places and just wait for people to break social distancing and then jump out and get you.
1: I, my friend lives in, can I tell you this already? My friend lives in a neighborhood outside of Paris in the suburb. And she has a big sort of forest area and her and her husband were going for a quick run and she had two police approach her on horse. Oh gosh, no, Up you haven't told me. And tell them to trot on home. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think they're probably enjoying it a little bit too much, some police officers. Like I see them getting around with their sirens on and like, why you got your siren on? There's no cars on the road. There's no one in front of you. You don't need to use your siren. They're obviously missing it.
1: Since our last podcast we have had to give notice on our apartment
0: yay
1: it is yay but it's also a really bizarre thing to be doing in the current climate really because we figured out we looked on our lease uh, the contract and realized that we have to give three months notice wow and so counting back, we realized that we'd have to give our landlord notice now, but we're meant to be leaving Paris at the end of June, but it's not as if we can plan the move, or a moving company, or a new place to move into, it's just that we're kind of, or well, definitely, given notice that we're leaving
0: Yes, it's difficult time to relocate and like not and relocate into a new city.
1: It's like putting the wheels in motion for something that's not
0: guaranteed to happen. But you no, have to go it'll with happen. it. Did you have to do that before the speech or after? We had to do it before the speech. Yeah, see, that would have been scary because you that at that point it would have felt like who knows what's happening but now do you feel a little bit better like you you might be able to move at that time yeah it's it's really weird
1: because i i've spoken to you about this Like we don't have a car here in paris so we really need the trains to start up or the domestic airports to start up we all the car rental agencies to open up we kind yep. of stuck here. It's just all a bit too much, but we've taken the first step that we're going to leave, and I guess we're just defiantly pushing ahead. And I am so
0: excited.
1: And that's all you can do in times like these.
0: Well, when they when I saw that they put the tour on in August, I was like, okay, they're serious now.
1: I felt the same way. That made me feel really
0: good. Yeah, it was great even though everything could change but they obviously know something about you know how things look down the line that we don't know um so that made me really excited because I just want I want them to open the beaches really because I'm already I know we're not going to be able to go out of France for holidays anytime soon I don't even know if Scott's going to get holidays Probably not. Maybe he'll get a couple of weekends or whatever. But it would just be really nice to be able to go to the beach and to be able to get across to the Mediterranean side would be really great. That's like my dream. But who knows what's going to happen. Usually they have a month off, isn't it, three or four weeks Mm -hmm. in July. But that's probably not going to happen this year. Okay, news, fake, inflated or otherwise.
1: So obviously, at the start, we addressed the big piece of news or the big update for us here in France. But there were also two other articles that really caught my eye. Well, First of all, there's a place in the UK who have decided every night between 6.30pm and 6.32pm, they would all join together neighbours outside their windows or doors. And moo.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say dance then because I've seen that I was not expecting moo.
1: So, if this podcast editing provider doesn't have a cow sound, I'm going to be really upset. Um, it's called the Belpa Moo, and because the place is called Belpa, and basically people just gather together for two minutes to moo to moo out into the yonder and all the neighbors moo and i just think it's hilarious it's kind (laughs) of um a way to just do something silly in the face of all this scary um seriousness
0: i love it do you think it would take off here
1: I'm not sure. Apparently, though, and you won't find this surprising, it's taken off in other parts of the world, including Australia and New Zealand. <laughs> I can see the Kiwis and the Aussies really getting around a bit of a 6.30 p.m. moo. Another <laughs> article that I read was a Forbes article. I'm sure you've seen this too. What do, What do countries okay what do countries with the best coronavirus responses have in common women leaders
0: makes total sense but i was really confused because apparently women aren't able to make good decisions under pressure because they're too emotional so that's just really strange it is really strange isn't it Mm.
1: i loved it it was such a great article obviously referenced Angela Angela Merkel and um, New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern about her they said clarity and decisiveness are saving New Zealand from the storm a lot of critics are saying that a lot of these leaders are governing smaller island nations but the same cannot be said for Angela Merkel can it
0: no. So, and she is right next to the hotspots. Exactly right. Um, but no, I just
1: found a, a really nice piece. that also spoke about sort of um like you said, in these sort of times, the way maybe a leader, a woman leader would respond.
0: It is, and, and little things like Jacinta Arden doing the letting the little kids know that the Easter bunny would be allowed. Out and around, and they didn't have to socially distance during this time. Along with um, the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus,
1: it was so. And then she also made reference to the fact that the Easter Bunny may not be able to make it to every
0: house this year, just in case yeah. they weren't able to provide eggs this year. It's just really thoughtful, and you know parents there's a a parent from each gender usually and men I think and dads really appreciate um, I'm sure what Jacinta did and I I, when I saw that bit about how the East Bunny may not be able to get to every single house that really struck me because we've had you know Orbs's birthday which I was not prepared for and I felt really upset about the fact that you know I didn't I, I didn't really have anything for him and there was that long time when we didn't think we were going to get Easter eggs, but that was more for Scott and I, but for his birthday. And I can just imagine parents of older kids, Easter time, so exciting. Like that is a huge holiday. Um, so I just thought it was so beautiful the way she, that she did that. Um, but, yeah, those. That's. I mean, there's just been so much news. But... So much.
1: Basically, though, that's where we're at at the moment, isn't it?
0: It's just all about May 11 for us. May 11. Oh, what a glorious day.
1: We won't be allowed out. Well, we can't go to restaurants or bars or cafes. There's nothing to do. You know what? If they open up the parks, I'll be so happy. And by that, I mean, like, the the children's play equipment. I can't wait.
0: Yes, but do you think that you'll be really freaked out about germs? No. Okay, just me.
1: But I totally understand why people will be, and I think it really could change people's behaviours, definitely. I'm quite intrigued to see how we all act after this.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll all be wearing masks. Yeah, there's no way Aubrey's wearing a mask.
1: Raph will probably eat his. <laughs> I don't see how Cameron Bear can wear his. He doesn't have enough okay. nose.
0: <laughs> he needs those airways clear.
1: Okay. So that was day twenty-nine indoors. Tune in next time to see how we're getting
0: on. And don't worry, we're still not going anywhere.